Everyone hear me? All right. Uh, well, if you will, if you have Bibles or digital, turn to 2 Samuel chapter 12. It'll be up there in a few minutes. You don't need to put it up there quite yet. Uh, I want to share a few things first. But uh, I think we need to pray after the... I'll have to admit, that's the, this is the first time I have followed a Pokemon, uh, you know, lesson. Uh, I remember in the 90s, uh, when I was in my 20s, Pokemon was a big thing. So now I've learned it's still rejuvenate or big again. So let's pray. All right, Lord, we just pray that, Lord God, that, yes, we can see lessons of life and see you around us through all kinds of things, including Pokemon. But we just pray that most of all, in the, in the next few minutes, that through testimony, through some illustrations, but most of all, I pray that it's your word that will hit our hearts. I pray that no matter who stands in this pulpit, that it will be your word that shines forth, period, in the name of Jesus. And that it would be you speaking through us and speaking to hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. Once again, amen. Second Samuel 12, be there. Uh, but first, uh, I'll have to say, some of you heard that, what is it, the five love languages? I, I think sometimes women have more than five, like, uh, we'll name how many more, but uh, I'll admit mine tends to be a little more on the stronger side on the, on the words. So earlier, uh, Pastor Moises, nice friend, co-worker, uh, comes up to me and said, Mike, you're the man today. And then uh, Pastor Andy comes up to me and comes in the front right before and says, you're the man. I said, guys, not today. When you see the scripture, I'm like, no, nah, nah, don't say that to me today. So you'll see in just a moment. But as we look at the, the, the title, it's from, uh, uh, it's part seven, broken heart, but from broken heart to contrite heart. And as mentioned a moment ago, uh, Pastor Andrew's filling in for Pastor Daniel over at uh, Locust. I was going to say if Moises did one week in a row, I'd be filling in for Pastor Moises, but I'm filling in for Pastor Andrew today. And I am the missions outreach pastor, and this month we have not had a true missions window, and it actually is getting pushed back to the first week in October just because of a missionary schedule. So I'm going to share just briefly, and I'm going to use just a, a moment of my time, because I know this church loves missions, Amen? And it has a legacy even before the merger of missions-minded. So I'll share this. First of all, so this is new in the last, uh, hasn't been mentioned before. We've had four of our missionaries we partner with get to the field in the last few months. So it was exciting last year at the missions banquet uh, to have 14 of our missionaries here, but some of them were here because they couldn't get there because of COVID. We not they had COVID, they just couldn't travel. So, I mean, that's awesome. Four and one just bought their tickets to at least September 29th. That's come on, that's excited. Listen, we love it when they come, but we want them to get where God's called them to get the gospel, the good news out. Amen? I'll also share one other thing before we move forward. Is that our, I believe we all know we have a Nepal uh, group. GLC Nepal and a Espanol GLC. And I'm just going to share this. The combined effort in the last month that they gave over 11,000 combined to help missions work in their countries. I mean, that... Wait a minute. 
I'm going to have to say it one more time. That, that is exciting. I mean, we said to, to one, one had, Nepal is like the most they ever given us 300 which is awesome. Man, it was like they, they gave like 10, 20 times more than that for this special offering. 11,000 combined. Let's give the Lord a hand, all right? Amen. Listen, God is moving. We've already given more than last year for missions after seven months, and we're blowing it out. Of the, I mean, it's just exciting. I, I get excited when uh, Pastor Angel just shared about Independence Place. I mean, that's exciting that we're a church that doesn't just look inside the gathering and being together. That is exciting to learn the Word and to grow, but also to share it outside the four walls. All right couple testimonies. Not, not you all, to be clear. Was anybody in church years ago when they would do that? Wide open testimonies. But first of all, I'll share this. One thing, I do a couple things I believe to serve my wife, my wife Melissa. One thing I don't sing, so I serve her like that. But uh, I also serve her by uh, most mornings, like 99%, I get her coffee. I, today, I, I got her coffee, all right? Guys, get your wife's coffee. But I also have told her a few times in the last year, listen, I'll fill gas for you. You are a lady. I'll go to the gas if I have to go late at night. Wes, do you do that too? You're shaking your head. So, no? Okay. <laughs> so, yesterday we were here for man event, all right? And we're, we're done. Uh, afternoon, I said, Melissa, is there anything you need me to do, you want me to do? Well, my car is low on gas. Will you get gas? I said, all right, sweetie, I'll do that for you. So later that afternoon, I, I go and get in her car. Mind you, I, got, I didn't realize it was going to be a faith journey. Because she has a newer car. Not only did I turn the ignition on and the light is red, you know, the red warning light. Some of these newer cars, it's a newer, like it's a couple-year-old car. It also had fuel as low. Not only does this car do that, it starts saying, do you want me to find a gas station for you? <laughs> I mean, it gives you three warnings. And I'm like, this car, it's a Highlander, a couple-year-old Highlander. So red light, fuel is low, and it starts like showing this thing, we'll find a gas station, the GPS bill. We'll find a gas station for you. And so I send Melissa a text. I said, I took a picture, and I'm in the driveway. I'm not driving yet, so no one worry. And I'm about to look and I go, honey, was this like a, a trick or fish? She goes, she go, and then this morning she goes, you're good, man. You had 20 miles. So, so I will say I echo what Pastor Andrew said months ago. And Moises brought up the uh, joke about your wife in the pastor's seat. I'm going to let you know I have had one bad wreck since we've been married. No kid was in the car, my wife wasn't, but when she's in the car, I am safe. She tells me every turn and every stop, all right? Amen, glory to God, and uh, I appreciate, I, at the times I get frustrated. Does any guys ever get frustrated? You do, you confessed last week. But, but anyways, but needless to say, I had a faith journey yesterday. I made it, all right? I mentioned one other uh, big testimony. I know that was kind of funny testimony, but... No, I really was praying, all right? I was going to reach out to the faith, uh, the prayer team here. But anyways, the last Monday I had uh, 
a cancer follow-up appointment, and uh, uh, some of you saw, actually 250 at least people saw, that it was my last appointment, and the doctor said, I don't want to see you no more. You are cleared. I have a, a report. I'll let you know when six years ago we first found out, and it does help that I have a wife that's a cancer nurse, and she caught on, and we were having, she was about to have, we just had Caleb, and she sent me home because I was snoring so loud and couldn't breathe, and when we first found out, we didn't know if I'd be able to even talk because it was a golf ball in your throat size. And so I say that to say every day is a gift from God. You don't know about tomorrow. And I know we've said different stuff about COVID, and I'm not going to get into those, but whether it's COVID or cancer or anything else, man, wake up every day and know it's a gift from God. Shake off the day before, and I'll, I'll confess, sometimes we, we, sometimes us men look at, say to our wives or uh, their moodies, oh man, sometimes I get frustrated with something going on a certain day, but shake it off. At least shake it off the next morning and start fresh. Amen? And I will say I am blessed to be a part of this church and be a part of this team and a part of what God is doing. And I've often said, yes, we have the right lead pastor, the right music, you name it. But I'll say it's a God thing of what's happening here at Greater Life Church. It's not about, yes, it's about listening to God, obeying God, but it's a God thing Meaning I've seen people do things better than we do in some ways, but it's not happening as good at those places. And it's by God's grace, mercy, and it's all Him. So let's look. Uh, today we're looking at, uh, last week, Pastor Moises hit it hard, hit sin, and, and the Bathsheba story, and I'll, I'll mention some of that so you can relax. I'm going to hit the heart today. But I'm not going to hit the sin issue as hard, all right? Because I believe, really, when you see sin, you don't fall in. Catch this. You do not fall into sin, all right? It's steps where people have let their guard down. It's steps where we are not fully doing, where, being where we're supposed to be, doing what we're supposed to be doing, and being in God's presence. And we've taken steps. Not necessarily one little step is sin, but we've taken what? Doing, being, we're not in meditation. We're not doing what God's told us. And then we've gotten into that, the sin issue. And I did, uh, actually, I saw Pastor Moise's illustration. And it was what? Duct tape. So the code word, if you see someone getting close to that sin, you say duct tape. All right, I remember that from last week. All right. So that way people don't go, what are you talking about? It's our code, duct tape. All right. So listen to this. Broken heart to contrite heart. Contrite feeling or expressing remorse or penitence. Affected by guilt. So listen as we look at 2 Samuel 12, 1-7. Read the whole passage on your own, but we'll look at the first seven verses. So the Lord sent Nathan the prophet to tell David this story. There were two men in a certain town. One was rich and one was poor. The rich man owned a great many sheep and cattle. The poor man owned nothing but one little lamb he had brought up. 
He raised a little lamb, and it grew up with his children. It ate from the man's own plate and drank from his cup. He cuddled it in his arms like a baby daughter. One day, a guest arrived at the home of the rich man. But instead of killing an animal from his own flock or herd, he took the poor man's lamb and killed it and prepared it for his guest. David was furious. As surely as the Lord lives, he vowed, any man who would do such a thing deserves to die. He must repay four lambs to the poor man for the one he stole and for having no pity. It was even mentioned last week in some of the research, in the research I did, this is a proper way that David's mentioning, but listen to this, verse 7 thankful for God's grace and mercy, but verse 7, then Nathan said to David, you are that man. The Lord God of Israel says, I anointed you king of Israel and saved you from the power of Israel. So I stand before you this morning, and I want to actually thank Pastor Moise. I'm going to thank Pastor Randy, wherever he is in here, somewhere around here, is that by them saying that, you're reminding me and reminding us that we'd all remember, instead of pointing and looking at others, instead of saying it's that man, David, or it was that person I know in my life, to remember if we're not careful, we'll be that man too. That we'll be in the same shoes because we'll get comfortable or we'll think that we're the reason that success is happening. We're the reason our lives are going well. Or we're the reason churches, whatever it may be, is going well. But we'll have to remember, and we're going to look at a few examples and look at David's life briefly and get to this point in just a moment. Is that David, what, if you think about it, he, in the beginning he was looking at Saul, and Saul's chasing him, and he's like, uh, what? So, you know, why is Saul doing this? And he was pointing at Saul, but here he comes. If he's not careful, David became that man. So this morning, as we look into this uh, one scripture, one key scripture to remember is Proverbs 4.23. Guard, guard your heart above all else. Guard your heart above all else. Sometimes I believe we we guard, and we're going to look at this in just a moment, some illustrations, but sometimes we think about guard the way we look. Guard what? I, I'm going to jump ahead to one illustration I was going to mention later. Yesterday we heard for the man event. And yes, I'll let you know, I got dressed this morning. I, I didn't even look in the mirror. I don't need to look in the mirror. I just said, Melissa, do I look good? And she said, you look, there you go, you look good. So sometimes we, I think, we think that's women, they, they, you know, they're like, but listen, yesterday I was, I got assigned to be the, the host, people came in the door, men, for the man event, and so guys, I guess, thought I was like, I'm the nice guy host, and so the different groups of men from other churches were asking me to take pictures, and so I'm taking pictures of these groups. I take like five, six, seven, ten pictures, figure out that many, be good. And, and next thing I know, the leader, typically one of the pastors, associate pastors, whatever, for this group, they're like, they're looking at them, and they're looking at their cells. And they're like, I'm not smiling just right. Take a few more. 
I'm like, wait a minute. What about the rest of the guys? No, uh, take a few more. Take a few more. And would you not know, I see a few hours later on social media, the, the ones that the pastor, the leader look good, all right? So, guys, we're guilty, or we look at image too, right? I remember the days. Anyone else remember the days you had to turn your film in? And you didn't know what you were getting, right? You said three prayers hoping that they were good because you had to pay. You had to pay either way, right? Do I see some of the millennials here shaking your head? You remember those? Maybe they saw some YouTube videos or something. Or t- <laughs> Forgive me, TikTok, all right? Maybe a TikTok explaining film development, all right? I'm not sure, but a reminder and a few key facts regarding David. This, actually, I did not know this, this fact. He is the second known character in the Bible. Number one being Jesus, all right? He's the se- and the second biggest story in the Bible is David and Goliath. Once again, now this is from people, people popularity or whatnot in the Bible stories. Number one being the crucifixion of Jesus. I am thankful that David and Goliath is second, all right? I'm thankful Jesus is first in both those. He had at least eight wives, Possibly more, but biblically we know, and Bathsheba was number eight. Now I'm thinking, I'm thinking, thinking about Bathsheba's friends. I, we've had some weddings around here recently, and they have, what, bridal showers? And I can't, I can't imagine going, if you're like some of the ladies, and taking your bridal, I, hey, congratulations, you're number eight. <laughs> you, you made it, you arrived. You're number eight on the king's list. And it doesn't actually say that it's only eight, by the way. So it could have been your... You're number 88, all right? We know of eight uh, by names, okay? Also, and I'm also thinking, listen, I am thankful and I believe men, we are called to serve our families. Do I hear amen from the men too and women? And, but I want to let you know, I feel like it's a full-time job, all right? So I don't know how he did, did David serve, but he had servants. I got you. Someone, someone's going to say he had servants. David was 30 years old when he began to reign. Reign as king. I could break it down later, but 40 years total. But do we realize this story? He's 50 years old, and he has another 20 years left. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking this, and some others would be thinking this too. If you were God, and we would probably judge him a little more harshly, David, when this happens. You'd be like, you're done. I mean, I have heard of, I, not our church, I've heard of some churches, that pastor gets one verse uh, text wrong when he's preaching, and they're like, man, he's exegetically, he's uh, theologically wrong, let's get, get or whatever. You, someone doesn't shake their hand, someone doesn't look at someone right, or someone, uh, I, uh, I am amazed, I'm not sure if, if, if we put water in the musicians, something in the musicians' water around here, but our team is amazing. Not just the music team, the whole team, but I mean, but I'm just saying some churches, musicians are like athletes. You, they butt heads or whatever. That happens around here. It happens in the green room, all right? But as far as I see, I'm amazed at how well they work together. So we're going to look at a few points. Uh, one last thing key is, in Matthew 1.1, 1, 1, it actually calls Jesus the son of David. 
Can you imagine that after what he just did? He's still in the lineage and says, it says in Scripture, the son of David. So I'm going to share a few things about heart and where we see that with David. So once again, last week was heavy on the sin, but today we're going to look at the heart issue. If you look on your sheets, if you want to look at those and fill those in, if, if you like, the first one is the calling. David's calling. So we're going to look. These are not going to be equal time, meaning I'm going to be heavier on the first one and fourth ones. But if we remember when Samuel came to David and they, they didn't even, David wasn't even there or invited to, to the calling uh, lineup, right? So look at this, 1 Samuel 16, 6 and 7. When they arrived, Samuel took <clears throat> one look at Eliab and thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height. I, I said, I Yesterday they did a bunch of shorty jokes. I'm not doing short jokes, all right? For I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things. The Lord doesn't think, see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at heart. That was good. Some of you caught that. The Lord looks at what? That's right, the heart. Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart. Above all else, guard your heart. Now, I was going to pull this out later, but this says pure life. That's going to represent the living water, representing Jesus. I will let you know, I practiced this illustration on my six-year-old, and I'm impressed. Caleb got it. All right, he can be a handful, but he got this illustration. I was impressed with my son, Caleb. <clears throat> so, and I had to hunt for, for koozies, all right? You can get them online. But I had to hunt for koozies around here. And, and uh, I found them at Dollar Tree, all right? I was actually trying to find the larger koozies for the big water. So, yes, it's budget. I used the little ones, but it's also I couldn't find the, the big koozies, all right? So here's what I want to explain, and, and I'm going to share this because I from the story is so often we're not careful, we look at how well, I've had people say, man, Mike, you're, a, you're anointing. They say that after I've said a, a prayer in front of, you know, in front of a group. And I'm like, but you know what? I feel like someone's even more anointed or, or, or however you want to word it. When you hear about a praying grandmother or someone else that has been praying for their grandchildren that, are, that you don't see on stage. Do I hear an amen? And so as I think about that, I, I, last month, Melissa and I represented the church at the, the National Business Meetings for the Summons God, and we were at many missions banquets, and, and I had to say praise God because the business meetings got done early. That's, that, that's, that's enough praise in itself when that happens. All right. So we had a few hours, and I said, Melissa, let's go to the Mall of the Millennia. And I, I took her, and it's like South Park and Overdrive. Does it? It was like South Park on another level. Uh, so we're walking. We just kind of walked around, and and Melissa goes to me. Do you, Do you realize the the prices of these clothes? And I said, No. I will let you know. I did buy a couple of things. One, I bought a Pandora charm, 
which that's the price, same price pretty much everywhere. All right, so you all know that. And I bought some milkshakes, and then I looked, it was like 24 bucks for two milkshakes. Okay, exactly, right, Louise? I was like, so I did spend some big money for milkshakes. <clears throat> but she shows me a like a little girl dress, $300. Then a man's vest, $350, and then a pair of shoes that didn't look much different than when I got on, $850, all right? No, these aren't those, all right? <laughs> and I asked Melissa, I said, well, why? What's the difference? Is the difference in quality? She says, well, a little bit, but it's the name brand. It's what? I asked Caleb, I said, what's more important? Is it the water or the koozie? And he, he got it right. It's the water. It's what's inside the bottle. But see, if we're not careful, what are we doing? We're worried more about image, more about image and what people see than what's inside. All right, we catching this? We worry about more about, listen, I heard crazy number of what's spent on cosmetics, plastic surgery, and most plastic surgery is not medically needed, and tattoos, on all kinds of things. Don't shoot darts, all right? Not hitting on uh, Theo. I'm, all I'm saying is, above all else, it doesn't say above all else, guard your image. David did not slip away because of his image. He did not fall into sin be, with Bathsheba and, and kill her husband or have her husband killed because of image. It's because of his heart. Because his heart had slipped away and he had lost accountability. He had lost, he what, began to feel like he had what arrived. Is that truth? Secondly, and these are going to go a little faster, the champion, David and Goliath, we mentioned it's the second most known story in the Bible. David Crabtree got that easy, he got that easy sermon a few, last month. So I'm just going to read the key verses 1 Samuel 17, 32, and 45. Because you see here, at this stage, David is assigned this assignment to kill Goliath by God, but he still realizes it's the Lord of the heaven's armies. David replied to the Philistine, you come against me with a sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. If you remember, King Saul tried to have him put on his armor. He said, I, I, I can't wear that. I don't need that. He tried to have him use his, his spear and his sword. I don't need that. What did he use? A, what, a, five stones? I believe uh, Pastor Angel mentioned this a few minutes ago. But it wasn't because of any tool. It wasn't because of any gift. He knew right here at this stage when he was a champion, it was the Lord of Heaven's armies. Above all else, guard your heart. So second, champion third, catch this. The caring warrior. Caring. I've used C's, if you noticed. In my life, I'm now 50. I'm the 50 club. Any other guys join the 50 club soon? Huh? I heard Jeff Wolf say amen. Thank you, Jeff. <clears throat> 
Sometimes I've noticed now that I went into my 40s and now 50, is that when I was younger, I had the passion, had the energy, had the gifting, but sometimes I cared by the book. Now, yes, the Bible, but I'm saying I knew, but I hadn't been through life lessons. And sometimes you know far more with compassion and understanding when you've gone through some of life lessons. First Samuel 24, 5 through 7, but then David's conscience began bothering him because he had cut Saul's robe. He said to his men, The Lord forbid that I should do this to my Lord the king. I shouldn't attack the Lord's anointed one. For the Lord himself has chosen him. Let's be clear. Sometimes we think I can do it better than that person. Or I could do it better than that person that's in authority over me. Or I can do it better than that person that I may be at one point. But let's make sure we understand is that God calls, God anoints for whatever period, and we're called to obey and do the role and the place and the time and however long God tells us. Because we're not in those shoes, and we need to make sure, as David did here. So my question, or I throw out on this point on caring warrior, I believe he was caring by the book, but was he caring with understanding and compassion? Number four, the king is caught. And that's second Samuel. I want to reiterate verse five through seven. David was furious as surely as the Lord lives. He vowed any man who would do such a thing deserves to die. He must repay four lambs to the poor man for the one he stole for having no pity. Then the Lord said to David, you are that man. Now I, I thought as I studied and I researched this, it's like, you know, wouldn't you just be white? Wipe them out. Would we, if we're God, say you're done? And I thought about what? Of course, we got Judas' example, but Ananias and Sapphira, what? They were not dead, but it was because when they were caught, red-handed and approached, they lied, right? He becomes contrite. He becomes brokenhearted. And I've actually given a, my kids, our kids, a couple no tolerance. Don't straight up lie and don't disrespect authority. And here, what? David is contrite. Listen to this, number five, the compassionate leader, Psalm 23. This was after he was confronted with Nathan. Psalm 32, one and two. Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has, has cleared of guilt, whose lives are lived in complete honesty. Question, as we close in a few minutes, how did a man, how did a man, after God's own heart, fall so far into sin? How did a man, and, and I know friends of mine, are, are, I've known ministers, I've heard people in life, then I'd say, never them. And then they slipped. Something happened. So how did it happen with, with, uh, with David? You know, this is a story. We've done the line of David. This is part seven. I believe we have one more. 
on this series. But man, this story has all kinds of things. It has, uh, what, warriors? It has, it has drama. It has, uh, you know, the sin, uh, adultery. It has all kinds. You don't need to go watch any, any uh, shows or soap or anything else. You have it all within the life of David. As I think about that, if you look, first of all, what, 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 what caused David to slip? What, what happened that, above all else, Proverbs 4, 23, above all else, guard your image. Above all else, make sure, I, brought, I had some stickers I could have thrown on there, but above all else, make sure, make sure you look good to people. Make sure you dress perfectly. Make sure you talk perfect. No, above all else, what? Guard your heart. Make sure what? Yes, listen, please. Yeah, dress. Don't come in with pajamas. I understand that. You know, unless it's a sleepover on Friday night with the kids. But, but you know what? That's still not more important than what's inside, inside of us. That's what's most important is above all else, guard your heart. So what caused David to, to slip away? First of all, <clears throat> he no longer had to struggle. He no longer had to struggle, and he got comfortable, what, as being the king? And, and I'm just going to open up uh, uh, one, and I have, and I'm going to let you know, I had to hunt for food coloring and set Publix, by the way, all right? So I'm going to use royalty, so I believe this is blue. But let me ask you, as I put that, I put that in there, can, any, can you see that? Kelly, Kelly shook her head, good job, that was... I, I, if you did, I was going to say, you have great, uh, amazing, you can see it. What happened is he, he wasn't in money. Okay, let's use green for money, right? Was David in want? Was David, did he want any, like, he could have whatever he wanted, right? The best horses, the, the best of the best, correct? He no longer had to struggle with money, and, and what happens is, What? Can't see that. Can you all see it? You can't see it because what? The, the image, he still had the image at this point, I would say. Also, second reason what? That David, what? Slipped away. His heart started to change. David chose to be alone. Now, I'm going to encourage one challenge yesterday at the man event, what? Was to make sure we have man fellowship. Have fellowship, yes, as families, but also as men. Just to have friendships and accountability. And, and I'm, uh, listen, I, I'm not for every, every time you, you have a little discussion with your wife, call your accountability partner. Listen, I had another discussion. All right, no, pray for each other. Yes, some bigger issues, have a few friends, certainly. But David had isolated himself. He, he had felt he had arrived. He was to find a call. And somehow he lost the fact that the only reason why he was king, he was anointed, was because God had placed him there. He had stepped out of accountability. Listen, uh, one reason why it's good to be in a fellowship like the Assemblies of God is accountability. And independent churches can have accountability. They just have to make sure that they, they do that, the churches and the pastors. And I'll mention one, um, one last one. David had what? Planned? Let's be straight. He had planned to fail. 
Or you say, really? Or at least he did not plan to succeed. He was at the wrong place. He was on the top of the roof. And he wasn't where he was supposed to be as a warrior king. Let's, let's be clear. He was not at that point. Let's be honest. I'm going to do one more for that. And I don't believe any. Can anyone see? I'm going to raise it up after I close it. Okay, Kelly, you might be barely able to see it, right? But you're in the front row, all right? But otherwise, Andrew back there, can you see the changing color? No. All right, good job. Good answer. I hope you're not, I hope you're telling the truth, but good answer. All right? But what happened is, see, look, look, he, all those things that happened, but people in the kingdom, people with David, listen, they, they had been telling him before, listen, cut off, that, cut off that robe, but what did David say? No, I'm not going to go against Saul. But now what, what, what happened is he, everyone had looked at the image, but I'm going to let you know, I believe with the Bathsheba point, at the point of that sin, when he fell that deep, I believe, let me know, let me know if anyone else agrees, you can say even, I believe some have started to see, they can start to see that the image was not fitting what was inside of David. Is that right? Amen? And he had become blind. But you know what? Here's the amazing thing with David. Psalm 51. Turn to Psalm 51. I'm going to read a few of those verses. David became contrite. He had a broken heart. He began to live as a compassionate leader. We know the baby, that baby died, and he still reigned for 20 more years, but the baby, so then he goes and sleeps with Bathsheba, and she has a baby, and does anyone know who that baby was? Solomon, the wisest ever. So listen to this, a few of the verses in Psalm 51. Have mercy on me, O God. Because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion, blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin, for I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say in your judgment against me. For I was born a sinner, verse 5. Yes, from the moment my mother conceived me, but you desire honesty from the womb, teaching me wisdom even there. Purify me from my sins, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Oh, give me back my joy again. Whoever, who else would say yes? Give me a contrite heart, a compassionate heart for my own life, but for others. And give me back joy again. You have broken me, now let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of guilt. Create in me a clean heart. This is David, David after being caught. Give me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Verse 12, I'll stop there. Read the rest on your own. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey. I heard Alexander the Great. 
actually assigned somebody that their job was to rem- was keep speaking to Alexander the Great and saying, because let's just say he was great. I'm not going to go into the history. He keeps saying, you're mortal. You are a mere man. And I wonder with us today, as we see this story in this passage, that yes, we'll be confident in God's call. We'll be confident in his anointing. We'll be confident that, that man, we, man, we got great things in store, what you name it. But we'll remember, it's because of him. Guard your heart above all else. Guard your heart. I'm going to close with reminding. Now, I'm going to mention one thing. Well, one last thing. You know what happens is, praise God, there's probably some cool object lesson that turned this all clear water that some kid pastors know, but a lot of times people keep remembering this and remind us. David became contrite. And what does it say for ours from the east is from the west? What happens? God doesn't keep bringing it back up. He just says, you know what? You become a new person. You begin to understand the other people. Listen, I can understand people that have gone through cancer a lot better after going through cancer or sickness. I can understand people that don't, aren't perfected. What I'm saying is we all fail, meaning we don't, we don't do perfect every day. Is everyone here? That's you. You don't do perfect every day. But you know what God says? People may see that, but here's what I do. I, I, I go ahead and get rid of that, and you start fresh. But what's, what, look at this. It's bigger, right? David did bigger things than he did the first 20 years, the last 20 years. If you bow your heads, close your eyes for just a moment. I just want to ask for just a moment, if you are here today, maybe it's your first time here, maybe you're watching online, maybe you've been coming, but you know that you need to pray. You know that within your heart that you have slipped away and you need to get it right today. You know that your heart needs to get right before the Lord, whether it's first time, repentance, whatever it may be. And I just want to ask you, no one's looking. And if they are, well, praise God. Raise your hand, and I'm going to pray for you in just a moment, if that's you. Well, secondly, I want to ask, man, if, if you have a prayer need that's going to take God and God alone, whether it's for you, whether it's for someone in your family, a close loved one, and it's a sickness, or whatever it may be, and you need God to come through, just raise your hand right now. There is people, prayer partners, that are looking a few, or a few hands raised. I see quite a few. And I'm going to close the prayer. I'm going to pray for those, and I'm going to pray for all of us, too that our eyes would be open, that, listen, it's not about what people see about the image as much as, and most importantly, what God sees. Lord God, I pray right now for all of us that in the name of Jesus that we would remember not about what people see, but it's about what you see. And I pray that we'd be more conscious to guard our hearts. Above all else, guard our hearts and help us I pray that we'd have friends that they would be more than friends that would say how great we are, how great this is, but they'd be also ones that would speak truth to us. And Lord, I also pray for the many hands that are raised 
that need miracles, whether it's physical, financial, relational, whatever it may be, we know you are the God who answered prayer. And we pray you'd answer every prayer in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for being here today.